going my awesome amazing bit fizz friends oh my goodness it's been um an intense uh week or two uh with everything happening in the united states hasn't it i know i've been affected emotionally and maybe a lot of you have too and while this podcast is not about social issues there is a possibility that the effects of the social issues are spilling over into your life and affecting your emotions, and maybe you're reaching for some food. But before we get into that, um, I also want to remind everybody that in case you're having a hard time finding victories to celebrate, I have a Facebook community that I would love for you to join where you can get support and we can talk about things. We can talk about social issues if you want to. Um, But I do have small weekly challenges in my Facebook community. They are fun. They are easy. And they allow you to achieve things so that you have small victories to celebrate. And that is going to be that it's meant to be an uplifting thing. Thing. Uh, last week we did an after dinner walk challenge and we've done things like a cold shower challenge and I explained the health benefits of doing so and there's a new one every Monday and we work on it throughout the week. You just kind of do it on your own and let me know how it goes um, and I have weekly recipes and lots more. You can join us by searching on Facebook for Fit Fizz Raw Energy Oasis and you can find that link directly in the show notes. I really hope to see you there. As Also, as we grow, I hope to be doing some special Facebook community live chats about whatever health and fitness topics you're interested in as well. So hope to see you there. All right. So today we're digging into some more mindset stuff. And I think it does affect most people at one point or another in life or maybe frequently throughout life. Uh, That is emotional eating or stress eating. Uh, But before we go any further with that, I do need to introduce myself in case you're new to the show. I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of FitFizzStudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease educator, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 25 years. I'm here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat cure, heal, or prescribe. All right. So for the past couple months, there have been a lot of jokes and memes on social media about people eating so much during this time that we've been dealing with COVID and people are have stay-at-home orders and people are joking about how their genes don't fit anymore. And while it can be lighthearted fun, I do want to take a moment to gently remind everyone that gaining weight due to eating more and moving less while you're confined at home is a privilege. You're privileged to have any kind of access to snacks on any given day, privileged to have dessert at your house, privileged to find yourself raiding the refrigerator more than you're really comfortable with, Uh, privileged to develop a habit like that, privileged to have a wide variety of food to choose from or groceries delivered or ordering food to be delivered to your house uh, or, you know, ordering from restaurants for a pickup. And while I'm not here to lecture about that today, I did want to at least point that out. And I hope that people will pause a moment and maybe rethink 
their choice before making a joke about how their jeans don't fit because they've gotten used to the comfy, stretchy pants at home or other things like that. And another thing to keep in mind, as many of us will be reuniting in the coming weeks with friends and family who we might not have seen for a couple months or even longer. Remember that it is not your business to comment on anyone's change in body size, bigger or smaller unless they have been verbal about doing so intentionally. If they have made it very clear that they are on a mission to lose weight, then fine, you can congratulate them. But remember, it's most of the comments, 90% of the comments that I hear talking about somebody's body size are totally uncalled for. We really got to change that. All right. Now, even if you have gained some weight lately, um, I'm also not here today to say that emotional eating is bad. In fact, Not at all. My goal here today is that if emotional eating is something that you struggle with, I want to help with a shift in your thinking. So emotional eating is only bad when it's labeled as bad. And you might have been very deeply conditioned to hate yourself when you try to drown emotions with food. It's very easy for it to become a lifelong cycle and an unhealthy cycle. And this is not because of the food itself, but because of what's happening in the brain to justify the actions. So if this is something you struggle with, your brain is going to resist change and resist seeing things in a new way. So if you want to really hear what I'm saying today, slow it down. Maybe listen two or three times all the way through. And if I say a sentence where you're like, oh, yep, I definitely needed to hear that, rewind it and listen again and see what kind of feelings come up for you. Go deep on asking yourself why you feel that way. And remember, none of these feelings are wrong. Just observe them as an outsider. Look for ways to get more honest with yourself if you find yourself relating to anything that I'm about to say. And I'm going to repeat myself already. Emotional eating is not bad, but labeling it as bad is the part that's problematic. So if you're sitting there listening to me saying, no, Kelly, I am an emotional eater. I hate myself when I do it because I have no control over it and it makes me feel terrible about myself. Fair enough. So let's break that down. I'm going to need you to maybe do a little bit of mental gymnastics with me in order to start to see things differently. So breaking it down. Emotional eating is a behavior and doing it time after time means it might be considered a habit, right? And a habit that you have also probably learned to associate feelings with, probably negative feelings. Maybe it's depressed feelings or stressed out feelings or depleted or unfulfilled. When you repeatedly take the same action every time and you attach a certain feeling to it, habits begin to form. And if it's a habit, that behavior can be changed or it can be replaced with a different habit that maybe a habit that won't make you feel so horrible about yourself afterwards. So I also do want to point out that it shouldn't be the goal to ever just stop emotional eating. Like don't ever say in your head, oh, I need to stop this emotional eating. It's so bad. See what I did there? Labeling it as bad. It's the labeling that's bad, not the emotional eating. So again, you you don't want to put an end to emotional eating. And it might surprise you to hear me say that, but let's talk about that. So to an extent, emotional eating is actually normal because we do it as a form of comfort. 
It might be an attempt to escape icky feelings. But if we look at what's happening in the brain in the simplest terms, it's essentially a modern day attempt to escape fear or pain. Whatever the actual feelings are that occur when we emotionally eat or stress eat, it really boils down to attempting to avoid fear or pain in a primitive sense. It's the primitive part of the brain taking a taking an action because if we were using the executive function in the brain, the super smart logical part of the brain, that wouldn't be happening. And that's certainly not to say that we're too dumb to control ourselves. It's just a fact that we all have reactions from the primitive part of our brain all the time. For example, maybe your kid jumps out from behind the bed and says, boo, and you jump. And it's not because you're literally afraid of them. It's just that your primitive brain reacted first and it, it made you jump in a split second of fear. Then you probably laughed about it. So with food, let's use an example. Let's say every time Jackie has a stressful day at work after being up all night with the kids, she stops by the store and she buys a large cheesecake to drown her emotions in. And It's different from that split second of being scared when someone says boo, because she probably thought about it all day and it was definitely planned because she was determined to get that comfort. So she had all day to change her mind, but right after work, she stopped and got the cheesecake, picked up the kids, had dinner, put the kids to bed. And then when she was all alone, she ate the whole cheesecake. And that act is not horrible in itself. That was not quote unquote bad. She was seeking comfort and we all kind of get it, right? Nothing wrong with making your taste buds happy after a stressful day. But the gray area happens depending on how often it's repeated and also what thoughts are happening right after she's done with it. Again, it's not the emotional eating that's the problem. It's the thoughts that coincide with it. So let's do a little choose your own adventure here. So does Jackie A, finish the cheesecake, shrug and say, well, that was delicious. I deserved that. I'm going to go to bed and I'm so glad that tomorrow is a new day so I can start over and make more reasonable choices. Plus, I needed those extra carbs to help get me through deadlifts tomorrow anyway. Or does she B, look at the empty plate, start sobbing and starts having thoughts like, I hate myself so much. I can't stop doing this. This is the third cheesecake this week, and I just can't help myself. My life feels so out of control. I'm going to have two glasses of wine now with it. So see the difference between thoughts A and thoughts B? That's where the problem is. Stressing once again that the food is not the problem. I mean, sure, she might have doubled her calorie intake for the day just by adding on that cheesecake, but the part But that part of it is really so insignificant compared to the actual problem of allowing the thoughts to be in control rather than her controlling her thoughts. So if this is you, what do you do about it? you got to have a plan. Just like with anything in life, it's not going to change on its own. If you have Cheetos being auto-shipped to your house and you stand there and say, gee, I just can't seem to stop eating Cheetos. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course, because you need to stop the auto-shipments. Otherwise, you're not going to stop. And Yet again, it's not the food that's the problem, but you have this habit and you you feel absolutely miserable when you after you do it. Then it's time to come up with a plan about how to change it. So Jackie's 
cheesecake habit doesn't start when she's putting the fork in her mouth. It started when she was at work that day in the middle of stress and wanting comfort. And this is where a lot of people tend to get it wrong when they claim they're ready to make a change in terms of the foods they're eating. They don't put a plan in place that's the true source of the repeated downfalls. For example, it's common for people to eat a salad at work for lunch because they're trying to cut back on calories But then they go home and they're ravenous and they eat 3,000 calories at dinner and they wonder why they can't lose weight. They all they see is, well, I'm I'm eating salads at lunch every day. I don't understand. But hello, what's happening at dinner? So they're not backing up far enough to target the actual problem, which is not eating enough during the day in order to avoid over overeating at dinner. And too often people aren't ready to get that realistic with themselves. But that's where the real change happens is when you get that realistic with yourself. And in order to make a change, Jackie would have to start getting self-aware enough to pinpoint when she starts making the choice to mentally justify the fact that she is going to stop by the store and get a cheesecake after work when she's stressed out. And that might look like promising herself that the second it pops into her mind, she has to to eat a full protein-dense meal with at least one or two cups of veggies and drink at least 32 ounces of water with that, and then promises herself she'll see how she feels after that. Maybe she doesn't want the cheesecake. Maybe she only wants a bite or two. But if she she catches, catches herself justifying that behavior mentally, then she can see how she feels and renegotiate. So hopefully if a plan like that is put into place, she might be able to silence that primitive part of the brain that is screaming out in a stressful moment where she's desperately just wanting comfort. Like, hey, we're just uncomfortable today. We need something that's going to let us feel more in control. So bring on the cheesecake. And by eating something sensible to fuel the brain function in the first place and get her blood sugar balanced to make better choices... Hopefully, or maybe she won't even end up wanting it at all. And that is what is very likely to happen. It's totally not going to happen if she's already standing at the store with the cheesecake in her hand, already starting the self-loathing talk in her head like, oh, should I buy this? I really shouldn't buy this. Then we know what happens next. It's oops, too late. It's on the dinner table. And next thing you know, it's in her stomach and the cycle is bound to repeat. So when this happens... Not only is the body searching for comfort, but the body is also searching for control. So when life feels out of control, we tend to do things that we can control. For me, it's cleaning. For some people, it's with food. Too much food, not enough food. And either direction is never really about food. It's about control. Now, remember when I said that you don't necessarily even need to eradicate emotional eating? That's because we always want what we're told that we can't have, right? So as long as you're able to be mentally healthy with emotional eating or stress eating, I really don't think there's a huge issue with it. And remember, then it also matters how often you're doing it because, and we'll each have a different line drawn for uh, when that starts, how, when that starts to become an unhealthy habit. And also, Body image issues also play a part in this. If you have a bad day and you do some emotional eating and it does not affect your body image either, 
then I don't think there's an issue. But if you experience self-loathing with your body after doing some emotional eating, then I think that's a sign that you need to do some deeper work and give that some attention to take care of yourself. Another thing you can try to remember the next time you're feeling down or starting to think about emotional eating is um, this will take some practice to learn to catch yourself soon enough, but you got to have an honest moment with yourself. And ideally, if you're about to stress eat, actually talk to yourself like like this. I really want to eat a mountain of junk food right now, but I'm self-aware to know, self-aware enough to know that I'm simply trying to fill a void. What part of me is feeling empty right now that, and what, what healthier choice could I make that would leave me feeling more fulfilled than junk food ever would? Sometimes something as simple as music can fill a void or physical connection. Listen to some comedy so you can laugh on purpose or exercise. Also consider the five love languages or your victory languages that I spoke about in episode 10. It's highly probable that if you're about to emotionally eat, maybe one of your main love languages or victory languages is not being met. So what can you do to fulfill that yourself if somebody can't do it for you. It's important to know how to fulfill that yourself. And if you can manage to get ahead of your primitive brain for long enough to think about that and choose a different action, it's highly likely you'll forget about dumping that sludge into your body. Now, on any given day, our relationship with food is a cue for what's going on with us emotionally. And we should use food to enhance certain moments in life, but not numb our feelings. So also, if you're really relating to this, be sure to listen to episode 22, which is hunger is not an emergency. Uh, and I think you'll find more useful things there. And many times people don't even realize when they're using carbs or sugar as an emotional crutch. So I want you to think about that. I don't believe in demonizing carbs or sugar because if you do that, then they're in control of you and it's much better if you're in control of them. And there's also, this is important, there's no such thing as a sweet tooth, but you might find that you like sugar a whole lot. But if you find yourself wanting to eat less sugar, ask yourself if you're using it as some type of emotional crutch. You never hear someone say, oh, I have such a sweet tooth because I can't stop eating peaches, do you? Nope. And why not? Peaches have a lot of sugar because there is not, there's no such thing as a sweet tooth. Most of the time, it's just an emotional attachment of some sort. And remember, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just a fact. Uh, and whether it's quote unquote bad or not all depends on the relationship with your mind and your body. And remember that if you are stressed out and you tend to turn to food for comfort, remember there's also nothing wrong with discomfort. You can handle sitting in a lot of discomfort. You've been through worse things than an intense craving of a box of Little Debbie cakes. So overall, there's more of a problem with demonizing emotional eating than the emotional eating itself. Got it? 
And you are so smart and awesome. And thank you so much for sharing part of your day with me and listening. And I have a special announcement really quick before I go. I have revamped the Patreon. It's simpler and better and brand new tiers and rewards. And there are only three of them at $1 a month, $2 a month, and $5 a month. So if you love the show, I'd be forever grateful for your support, especially as I've been surviving on next to nothing uh, since losing my personal training job due to COVID. And you can check it all out at patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. Also, Share this with one friend who crossed your mind while you were listening, and please leave a review for the show wherever you can to help give Fit Fizz some street cred in the vast ocean of fitness podcasts that are out there. I love you for listening. I'm Kelly Wilson, your health concierge. Sign up for uh, one-on-one coaching if you want some direction with your health and fitness struggles on my website, fitfizzstudio.com. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.